Don Jr. returns to the witness stand in the civil fraud case here in New York. How, now, how is that happening? How is it that he's called to the stand twice? So let's talk about that and talk about how this works and why he will have testified a couple of times. The answer is because this is a civil case, not a criminal case, which is very different in terms of the rules of who you can call as a witness in your case or not. And although he's a defendant, the attorney general is allowed to depose him as well as his father, his brother, his sister, et cetera, other witnesses. You take depositions in civil cases in New York, not in criminal cases. So they've already been deposed and you're allowed to call them in your case in chief. So you, which means they're going to be hostile witnesses because they're defendants, but you can cross examine them to get information out of them for your direct case. Now, the person can take the fifth if they want, but then because again, it's a civil case, the judge can, it's called an adverse in inference uh, against you. They can they can find that, look, had that I'm gonna infer the worst. I'm gonna infer that you would have said something negative had you testified if you take the fifth. So it's just totally different and a little bit bonkers for me who, came up in the criminal world that you can do that. Um, and this is a judge trial, not a jury trial. So the judge here, uh, Judge Arthur Angoran, is the finder of fact, and he's also the person who determines what the law is. And it's clear the way he's um, ruling, giving the, the defense a lot of leeway that he doesn't want to get reversed, which I think is a smart thing. You don't want to have to go through this all over again, which is what could happen if he gets reversed. So the attorney general, Letitia James, who is an independently elected state official in New York, having nothing to do with the Biden administration, unlike what Trump says, um, she is bringing this case and she, the lawyers in her office called, uh, Donald Trump, Don Jr., Eric uh, Trump, and Ivanka Trump, among other people, including Alan Weisselberg and others, to the witness stand in her direct case. And Don Jr., when he testified, he was cross-examined um, by the, you know, it, it, it was he was on direct, but he was cross-examined. He testified, and his their lawyers didn't didn't also ask him questions at the time. And the reason that would be done strategically is because the judge, um, when when considering at the end of um, the plaintiff's case, or here it's the government's case, um, will entertain what's called a motion to dismiss or a motion for a directed verdict, which means um, the party, the defense will say, you know, even if you take all the evidence that's come in in light most favorable to the plaintiff, we still win because it doesn't, the law doesn't apply. When you apply the law to the facts, they haven't met their burden, which here is a preponderance of the evidence, which is a much lower burden of proof than in a criminal case, which is um, proof beyond a reasonable doubt. And so it's, it's very common at the end of um, the direct case for someone to make that directed verdict. Now, the reason they don't cross, he, the, the reason his lawyers didn't ask him questions during the government's direct case is because then he would have added to the record of the direct case and they want to be able to make the motion for a directed verdict which they did at the end of the government's case so and they didn't want to add anything to that and it's 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 also for appeal right so instead they wait to call him on their own case which they have he's the first defense witness and he on direct you it's not yes it's yes or no question it's not yes or no questions it's you say 
So tell me, you know, what happened next? That's that's my favorite phase when you're on when you're a lawyer asking questions on direct. You, you know, what's your name? Um, what's your job? Where do you live? Tell us a little about yourself. Okay, did you work for the Trump Organization? Yes, I did. What did you do there? And what was your job responsibilities? And the person goes on and on and on and on. Right? You're not asking yes or no questions, which is what cross examination is. So you say things like, "Isn't it true that you were not?" you know, you didn't go to work that day, right? Whatever it is, whatever you're trying to elicit, that's like a yes or no question. That's what cross-examination is. So, so this is his direct examination. This is, um, and it's clear he knows who his audience is. He knows that this is a judge case and he's trying to charm the judge. And by all accounts, he seems to be charming the judge. They're laughing, he's looking at the judge, you know, but it sounds like he's almost charming him like a snake oil salesman, frankly, from just the reporting that, that I'm reading. Um, um, but he is, you know, he's doing what he should be trying to do, which is, you know, explain his side of the story to the judge. And he he's testifying, boasting about the incredible assets that the Trump organization has. You know, the company was an international organization run like a mom and pop was another quote. It's, you know, we weren't big into titles. It was a meritocracy and we were a success, a uniquely successful real estate company because the diversity of what we had, the value of the properties, you know, the kids, all of us, we occupied our own lanes. You know, he, Eric and I got the most responsibility by far when daddy became president, you know, that kind of stuff. So the judge, you know, apparently welcomed him to the stand. He said, you know, and then, and then, um, when he, when he got up to testify, he said, you know, welcome. Welcome to the stand. And then I guess Don Jr. said, you know, look, I, I would say it's good to be here, but then the attorney general would sue me for perjury. And then, of course, everyone starts laughing. So, you know, he's doing a good job at um, bringing down, you know, bringing things down, not having it be tense and combative the way his father had it and really charming everybody. But he said a few things that I thought were kind of gross. He, he goes, you know, he, he says to the courtroom sketch artist, you know, make me look sexy. And he also, you know, at one point said the company would push the envelope when it came to sexiness within real estate, you know, like gross, you know, that doesn't belong in court. Um, I feel sorry for the courtroom sketch artist. Like, that's just so creepy to have, you know, some guy say something like that to you. So I, I just think it's really repulsive and looks to be a little more um, professional, but he learned from his father. So I guess, you know, that makes sense. Have you ever wondered where your donation could have the most impact? In 2007, a group of donors had that exact question, but when they sought out information from charities to help them answer this question, they instead received cute pictures or unhelpful stories. Their experience led them to create GiveWell, an organization providing rigorous, transparent research about the best giving opportunities they found. GiveWell has now spent over 15 years researching charitable organizations and only directs funding to a few of the highest impact opportunities they found in global health and poverty alleviation. Over 100,000 donors have used GiveWell to donate more than a billion dollars. Rigorous evidence suggests that these donations will save over 150,000 lives and improve the lives of millions more. GiveWell wants as many donors as possible to make informed decisions about high-impact giving, and you can find all their research and recommendations on their site for free. You can make tax-deductible donations to their recommended funds or charities, and GiveWell doesn't take a cut. 
I thought their approach to doing good was unique and interesting because of the immense amount of research and facts that they are able to provide in a crystal clear way that anyone can understand. And that's why I use GiveWell and you should too. If you've never donated through GiveWell before, you can have your donation matched up to $100 before the end of the year uh, or as long as the matching funds last. To claim your match, go to GiveWell.org and pick podcast and enter Legal AF by Midas Touch at checkout. Make sure they know that you heard about GiveWell from Legal AF by Midas Touch to get your donation matched. Again, that's GiveWell.org to donate or find out more. He talked, you know, in praise of of Alan Weisselberg, but also distanced himself from that. And he talked up all the properties, you know, he said, he basically said that his dad is a visionary, that his dad invented the hotel um, condo, like one building, you have hotel rooms and apartment buildings with all the amenities that a hotel would have, like a gym and, you know, movie theaters and all the amenities, luxury amenities. You know, my dad invented that, which I, I'd be surprised about that, but maybe who knows? He talks about the history of the Trump organization, talks about his grandfather, Fred Trump. The AJ objected a little bit to the history lesson, but the judge said, you know, look, it's relevant. Let's let them keep going. You took six weeks for your case. Let's give them some time to do their case. He talks about Mar-a-Lago being an American castle, you know, lots of bragging apparently. And, you know, maybe he's sincere, who knows, but it sounded to me from, I guess, again, just reading what I read that this was like marketing, right? He was all about marketing his properties, just like his dad. Um, and you know, look, the attorney general, uh, their case, it's boring. It's a white collar case. It's a lot of emails. It's a lot of spreadsheets. It's a lot of numbers. It's, you know, it's, you don't have like a lot of passionate, you know, intense, um, witnesses when you have a white collar case they are really boring but but i guess what he's doing is he's you know he he starts showing like the website of the trump organization photos of luxury properties and he was he literally looked like a snake oil salesman you know trying to sell like a timeshare or something um he also said his job was he handled the lease or the leasing, I should say, for 40 Wall Street. And he talked about how the, the, the 40 Wall Street used to be part of the Federal Reserve where gold was kept. And there are these spectacular, um, vaults, you know, these big bank vaults in the, in the wall. And, and I, I will admit those are pretty spectacular. And, and any, I've been to a few restaurants in New York that are in old bank vaults that they've left that as a design feature partly because I'm sure they can't get them out of the building. They're so heavy and big, but they are pretty spectacular. And he did call those spectacular and mechanical works of art. Um, anyway, according to the people in the room, the attorney general's office looked visibly frustrated at some point. Uh, Letitia James actually got up and left and left the courtroom. She's been there a lot during, um, during court. Maybe she had somewhere else to go. Who knows? But she left. Um, but there was one interesting feature that came up was he, they also displayed a, like a, I don't know whether it's the website or some kind of a advertisement for this 40 Wall Street. Um, and, you know, it's like a glossy, you know, how great 40 Wall Street is this. And it is, it is a great, uh, beautiful building in New York. Um, and they, it basically describes it as a 72 story building. 
in in the in this um, in this glossy filing. Well, apparently, if you the, somebody fact checked it, and there's a bond filing with the SEC, uh, and according to this bond filing with the SEC, it's actually I think sixty two floors, not seventy two floors. So, you know, there's just so many exaggerations and so many lies that they don't even keep track of them anymore. Like the fact that they would show that in a court about lying and about exaggerating shows they're not even careful. They're not even trying, right? They just, they are, everything is just built up lies. It is built up exaggerations, which is kind of, so if I was the attorney general, I would sum up and say, you know, the thing speaks for itself. Recipsa locator. It's a, a Latin phrase from 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 law school that you learn it just means the thing speaks for itself you know or or exhibit a <laughs> they exaggerate and lie about things here they in their own case they put this up anyway but like i said um his so far what he's talking about is a lot of charm you know he says things like oh you know the golf the Doral Golf Club. It's the most incredible thing ever. It's beautiful. And again, he sounds like a, a snake oil salesman. Um, but you know, then he then he jokingly says, But I'm not a golfer, you know, I've been rele relegated to the kids' table for the rest of eternity. Like he just makes everybody laugh. He's he tries to, you know, he's trying to charm everybody. Um anyway, so Judge and Goran is giving him a lot of a leeway. And um you know, we'll see. He's letting put in what something that, you know, Judge Angoran described as a stupid document, um, which, you know, I guess I, but he's letting him do it, letting him try his case, which I think he should do. Let them try their case, you know? So what that some of it is irrelevant, you know, it's somewhat relevant. And, um, and this is what they want to say. This is all they have to say. You know, like there's some stuff coming in that's unclear why it's even being elicited, right? If, if they're talking at some point, you know, about how, um, how many people the family business employs and how many people were involved in their projects and how much the organization paid in taxes. And he'll say, a lot of people, I'm not really sure how many, but I don't know, big numbers of taxes. Like, doesn't it's unclear why they elicited this testimony and why they're saying these things that, to show that he doesn't know much, but I guess that's what they're doing. Um, and we'll see if that's effective. So anyway, that's what Don Jr. is, is talking about in his case. Um, and as I said, they just can't stop lying. So hopefully the judge will, uh, see that and, and we'll see what the judge rules, but I'm Karen Friedman Agnifilo. Stay informed. Stay tuned to Legal AF every Wednesday and Saturday. Join me and my co-hosts, Ben Mizellis and Michael Popa. Thanks for joining. Hey, Midas Mighty. Love this report? Continue the conversation by following us on Instagram, at Midas Touch, to keep up with the most important news of the day. What are you waiting for? Follow us now.